Hello, everyone. This is Michael Jaco with Unleashing Intuition Secrets, the podcast. Join us as we reveal how you can become the master of your reality. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Jacob with Unleashing Intuition Secrets. I'm joined once again by Scott Bennett. He's been all over Russia, and we're going to talk about that. It should be very interesting, Scott. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Mike. It's good to be back in one piece. It was a uh, touch and go for a little while. You know you know how that goes. <laughs> no doubt. Wow. You're like, uh, I saw some video of you like doing a little training out there. It was pretty in- interesting. Oh yeah, it was it was great. It was I was back with Spetsnaz, and uh, these guys are 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 the toughest, best of the best. I mean, nice. they're out there in the cold and the snow and the mud and the sleet. And little did I know they were gonna they were gonna you know da da you need go go practice because they wanted to make sure I knew how to shoot and uh, survive if uh, we we're overrun by Ukrainians. And uh, wow. I didn't realize I was going to go right on the front lines. We're about a mile from the front lines, mm. but uh, I, it was it was a hairy situation. I mean, a lot of guys. It was right on the war zone, so a lot of guys get killed all the time there. Yeah, and uh, we were being shelled, bombed. HIMARS were flying overhead. We had drones always over, but mm. you know the Russians are winning. Uh, they have far superior technology. They have better men. You know, the moment the Ukrainians fire rounds at us, they're they're triangulated and just annihilated by Russian artillery. So mm. Russia's got this, but it's just kind of an inconvenience when you're strolling around in 30 pounds of body armor and uh, suddenly they go, dive, 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 and you got to hit the <laughs> ground. And uh, I was like, holy shit, man, I thought I stopped all this way back in Benning and Bragg and... Uh, but it was it was fun. It was uh, it was very enlightening. I mean, we saw a lot. But uh, I was in Mariupol. I was in Donetsk. I was in Solidar. Mm. Uh, uh, some other uh, areas too. And uh, it was it was thrilling. But it was also very sad, of course, because the United States military weaponry that we're giving to Zelensky is using to annihilate civilians, women and children, and kindergartens and old folks' homes and old folk pensioners, and 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 turning the entire, you know, the Donbass for the past, you know past ten years essentially into an I am legend ghost town where there's not a piece of glass in any of the buildings. And most of the buildings have been completely, uh, you know, shelled. So they're, you know, huge holes and piles of bricks and nobody lives in these areas anymore, except a few ragtag survivalists and, and, uh, dogmatic women that refuse to give up. And, uh, we ran into a few of them and I'll tell you, they, they have a lot of piss and vinegar in them, but, uh, they're 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 holding out. So they've been holding out for a while. It's sad when you see uh, American technology being used to this, and it's you know it's nauseating when I'm there on the ground, and and these weapons are being fired at me too. So I'm thinking, all right, you know, yeah, yeah again, the 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 line comes to me from Die Hard, right? I'm in Solodar, and I suddenly hear Bruce Willis's classic line from Die Hard, you know. Uh, saying in, in in the mind of the director who originally invited me, yes, yeah, Scott, come to Solidar. We go make a film, have a few laughs. And little <laughs> did I know, I was going to be bombed and bulleted and uh, 
mines going off. I mean, they had big Soviet anti-tank mines all over the place. So, yeah. you know, I'm I'm walking around and suddenly the Spetsnaz guys are just pointing. They're not yelling because they don't want to give away their positions, but they're pointing. And I look down and here's a, a huge uh, anti-tank mine the size of a cow pie uh, that's thick and green. And I'm thinking, you know, if I had just been careless and and touched that, I've been blown up into a million pieces and pedal mines. And I'm thinking, you know, these son of a bitches are putting all this shit all over. And here I'm an American citizen and, and my life's in danger because these assholes like it's it, Lindsey Graham and the rest of these punks yep. are sending all these weapons over here. And they're all lying to the American people. It's got nothing to do with democracy or anything else. These are war crimes, crimes against humanity that the United States has been a party to. And I'll tell you, if these Republicans don't get their asses uh, uh, right and get their heads screwed on properly and recognize that not a single dollar more should ever be given to Ukraine or Zelensky ever again, in fact, they have to uh, prosecute that son of a bitch for, for crimes against humanity. If these Republicans don't reverse their position instantly, they've got blood on their hands and they deserve to lose. They deserve far worse, of course. Totally. But I, I saw I saw terrible things when I was back there, but by the grace of God, I was able to get through it. I, I met a lot of firsthand witnesses that saw a lot of hairy stuff, including women that had been raped and and had swastikas carved into their bodies and and they were killed of course but i i met the photographers that found these women right this, these are what the ukrainians do not the russians russians don't do that the ukrainian nazi uh drug addict ones are the ones who do this so oh. we saw a lot of this all over in donbass and then i was i was uh i went back to moscow for another week and did a whole media run i was on all their tv channels uh Live television, by the way, that tells you something. Anybody that puts Scott Bennett on live TV is is got balls because, uh, well, they know that I'm not going to say anything other than the truth. But it was pretty fun to be on live Russian TV. And uh, oh, they love you. Biden yeah. is doing is uh, wrong and a war crime, and the American people do not support him. So mm. I was glad to see we have a lot of friends in Russia that are of the same traditional family values philosophy, too. Yeah, that's fantastic. Now, NATO's obviously given a lot of uh, arms and ammunition, weapons, and money to uh, to the uh, Ukraine side too. Now, do the Russians have stories of you know contractors and so forth that are you know from foreign countries that are basically offering their services? Yeah, yeah, they had a lot. I mean, I I uh, interrogated some prisoners of war uh, that were somewhere Asimov, you know, covered in Nazi tattoos and stuff, and they they had shared with me stories about you know being on the ground and uh, their guys being taken back to Britain, taken back to the United States, in fact, and trained. And uh, you know, this is coming to me from from prisoners, so it's not classified. Although the bad guys may want to keep it classified, I no, sorry, this is coming to me from prisoners of war who are, uh, uh, you know, uh, who are who are caught doing murderous things too. I mean, shooting civilians, killing killing doctors. I mean, some of these guys are really psychotic. But they also know if they if they you know tell the truth about some of this, they'll get a lenient sentence. They won't get executed. They may just get ten years in prison. So they were telling stories about being uh, sent back to Britain and the United States, being trained uh, before 2014, 
And uh, of course, many of us already knew that from military times, but it's 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 something to behold when they're describing, uh, you know, this long game that the West and NATO and Britain and America have been doing. They talked uh, also about uh, American troops and Canadian troops and NATO troops, NATO officers, by the way, that were uh, in uh, Mariupol and Azovstal and that had been uh, allowed to leave. Uh, the Russians had done that. I think other people had, had already confirmed this, too. I know Senator Black had talked about this, but they had told me firsthand they, they had a lot of... Uh, uh, NATO NATO officers that were uh, present on the ground that were allowed to be helicoptered out and bussed out. Uh, you know, I would have kept them and traded them, but uh, there was that. There was um, uh, stories, of course, about uh, the Ukrainians uh, high-marring prisoner of uh, you know prison camps where their guys had been kept because they didn't want them to talk. Similar to what we saw. Uh, a long time ago, when they when they shelled that one prison, this is a routine thing. They they're always shelling, and they're usually firing three high mars. They'll fire one at a supermarket or a apartment complex. No no military targets. Always civilian targets. Libraries, old folks uh, buildings where people collect their pensions. Right, old people go and get their pension and check to feed their cat and get a little bit of uh, you know food to survive. And they bomb the they bomb the building, and then they'll fight. They'll wait uh, fifteen to twenty minutes, and then they'll fire two more HIMARS to kill all the the emergency crews that went. Well, I, I remember that in Iraq, where uh, you know uh, they would set off a bomb, a car bomb, whatever, and then you know it would be around children. Uh, this happened at a at a American military men were there, and uh, they were like giving giving out candy to their children. I guess they knew their technique. Set off a bomb, killed a bunch of the children. So the parents came running in, the mercy workers came running in, set off another car bomb that was in the vicinity. Uh, more people poured in and set off a third car bomb. So it sounds like they're doing the same stuff. That's like yeah. terrorism 101. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're with American that. weapons. High yeah. arts are very accurate and can carry, you know, varying levels of payload. So they're not being against military targets, obviously. No, no, it, it's all civilians. I was amazed at the speed of the HIMARS, too, because I expected, you know, you'd hear this and you'd have time. No, it's, I mean, it, it hits and blows before you even hear the sound. Damn. Um, and I saw all the, I, I mean, I went into the Ministry of, uh, well, not Defense, but they had a Ministry of, of Administration or something in Donetsk. And uh, we had military officials walking us through all the weapons that had been that had been found that had been fired at Donetsk, and you've got uh, you know U.S. contractors like Uline.com, U-L-I-N-E.com. Their missiles dating back to 1994 mm. uh, are all there bombing, and and uh, you've got drones, of course, that mm. the Ukrainians fired. The Ukrainians try and write Russian symbols on the wings, of course, but spell some of the letters backwards because they're just a bunch of dumb chimpanzees anyway. Uh, and then the, the all the other shrapnel weapons and ball bearings and stuff like that. I mean, and I, I walked around, Mike, and it's something to behold when you're walking around the city and you're, you're, every building is riddled with shrapnel. Every street has a car, you know, that's been abandoned, that's been blown up and burned. Uh, and you're constantly hearing... 
I mean, all the time. This is a this is a constant our art, art, artillery barrage. Mm. And uh, I thought to myself too, this is going to happen to the United States. I could see what's happening in Donetsk, happening along the southern border, uh, uh, other other cities in America. It's very easy. You want to inflict terrorism? You get three guys with an artillery, uh, you know, uh, artillery weapon, uh, a saw, and uh, uh, you know, uh, shoulder carried grenades, and you can devastate a city and traumatize a city into complete emotional meltdown. Yeah, I could see that happening. So I, I saw a lot of the stuff that was going on there. I saw the U.S. Uh, fingerprints all over, and I saw NATO and British fingerprints, and it was it was disheartening and sad. But of course, it was inspiring because there are other American Americans that were there on the ground uh, that were you know fighting for Russia, uh, guys from Texas and others. Uh, I won't go into names, but uh, I also met South Koreans and uh, uh, Japanese and Serbians and, and all sorts of international people that were there on the side of Russia because they said, quote, Russia is the last uncorrupted country. It's yeah. not corrupted with LGBT, homosexual, climate change, bug eating, all that. And these are their words, too. I mean, I'm thinking, why? Wow, you're saying the same thing that Michael Jaco and, and I always talk about. <laughs> They're saying it right out of their own mouth. Wow, Russia that's good. It's totally uncorrupted country no bug eating no and i was like holy shit you must watch watch the shows but uh yeah very christian family oriented it's like what happened to america it's sad so there i i have a question for you now um admiral eric olson former seal uh admiral supposedly he was uh captured in the abastol uh um steel plant is that because I've looked for that. I saw that picture of him, and I was like, "That looks like him," because I know I knew Admiral Olson. He was a little. I worked for him. I worked for him when I was down at SOCOM and uh, CENTCOM. Okay. Uh, I I don't know if if uh, I didn't meet him when I was down there. I didn't I didn't pursue that lead. I didn't I didn't uh, you know knock on that door to see. Hey, was he down here? Out. I I don't know. I did get the. I did get the report there had been a lot of American and NATO officers that had been down there that had been uh, secretly uh, shuttled out and uh, had been allowed to go back to Poland and uh, elsewhere. Mm. I mean, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't dig in too much of that. We were constantly moving around. I think they were afraid that, uh, you know, the Ukrainians, they always try and kill Western uh, journalists that are down there too, because they don't want journalists getting the story out. Yeah. So, so I, here you are getting out. This is great. Uh, so yeah. this is fresh off the lines. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. real story, not the BS that we get from the press, no. that the Ukrainians um, are winning. They're not winning. No. They're being destroyed. Tell us a little bit more about that. Well, the soldiers that are there, the Russian soldiers, are volunteers. They're not straight-laced, you know, olive drab uniform, goose-stepping, you know, high, crisp, old guard you know, uh, professional soldiers. These are... Uh, volunteers at, who go through training, right? They go through a lot of the training that that I went through, but they go through much longer. But these guys are all volunteers that go to different parts of the Donbass. And uh, yeah, you have professional military crews and stuff. You know, Wagner. A lot of these guys have left Wagner and have transitioned into you know these other components. But I was amazed of all the volunteer forces. I mean, it was almost like 
Remember, remember the Alamo when you had all those volunteers show up at the Alamo? That's yeah. what this was. You had volunteers from all over Russia going to Donbass, and uh, they were all armed to the teeth. But I mean, they were all wearing, you know, kind of the general same uniform, but they were all Mercs, right? They're all mercenaries, or they're all Spetsnaz, or they're all Chechen war uh, veterans. I mean, some of the guys had missing legs and all this stuff, but they were still tough as nails. Yeah. They were battle season guys. I mean, I'll never forget one of the Spetsnaz guys. Uh, Spetsnaz is special forces. Mm-hmm. This old guy was like in his 60s with long beard, <laughs> but nice. he was like a gazelle. He was like a big, tall guy, but he was he was like a cat. He could move. He could jump. His mm. I mean, they, I I was so impressed with them all because they were they were professionals. You know this, Mike. The true best professionals don't wear the body armor and the big helmets. They just wear the baseball cap and they're light and they're able to move and they're they're agile. That's who we we had around us. But they were all very motivated, very enthusiastic, very happy. No one looked at me cross-eyed. No one uh, said anything mean to me. Uh, you know, they were all kind of impressed that I'd come up because Ritter didn't go up and McGregor didn't go up and Dick Black didn't. They had all been invited. No one went up but me. I was like, well, you know, the Scotsman has to go to a, a warrior campaign. It's just part of the DNA blood. But I, I had a fun time. I had a, it was a, it was a kick in the ass. Yeah, it was scary at some points, but you know, hey, God's, God's got you. You know, and uh, uh, cast thy burden upon the Lord, and He, He shall care for you. But uh, these guys are winning at every degree. It's sad that the Ukrainians are being destroyed so badly because you've got pregnant women, old men, boys. Got people that don't want to be there. And that's why when I was on Russian media, I, I said, look, the Ukrainians need to put their weapons in the snow and run to the Russian lines. They'll be fed. They won't be killed. Russian Russians do not want to kill Ukrainians. They they don't. I mean, they're they're because I, well, I was talking. The word must have got out because I see videos where there's a lot of surrendering going on on the Ukrainian side. So good job. Well, I, I, I hope because, uh, you yeah. know, I, I was meeting with commanders and saying, you know, you need to do this. You need to do that. What about this? You know, you need to be doing this. And they're, they're kind of looking at me and, and uh, they're, these are seasoned battle guys. Mm-hmm. And one of them saying, yeah, yeah, but we don't want to kill Ukrainians. We don't want to kill them. We, we, they're, they're Slavic like us. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, God bless them. They're, they really are. Uh, enduring, long-suffering. And it, it. I had asked a couple guys that were there that were filming with me that were cameramen, and all the cameramen on our team were ex-military. So these are all very seasoned guys. Uh, they were saying, the Russians prefer to endure suffering than to inflict suffering on others. And they, oh, they, wow. they meant it, Mike. Yeah, the Russians prefer to endure suffering than in, than inflict suffering on others. That's right out of Crimea. Oh my God! Yeah, I they, just recently saw a video where there's like hundreds of Russians that were on their knees praying before they went into battle. You never see that on the Ukrainian side. In fact, the Ukrainian side, they're like destroying churches and yeah. and imprisoning uh, pastors and so forth. It's very very sad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, been, that's amazing. They've been bombing the churches. You're right. I mean, I I went to a, a Russian Orthodox church that was right in the heart of the the battle zone. It had been blown up, the mm. roof. I mean, it was fixed back up, but the roof had been blown up, and they still had the scaffolding and all the the you know wood to fix it. They had shrapnel that had, you know, they were pointing it out. 
here's where all the shrapnel exploded into the, you know, the the icons. They had the photo, the the paintings of the icons and stuff. And oh, they said, yeah. here's the shrapnel that had blown up, and and you could see, you could still see the metal. And I'll tell you, Mike, you know this from your time in war. Mm -hmm. it, it does something when you look closely at the shrapnel and you see these big pieces of metal that have gone through thick pieces of cement that big and have embedded themselves that deeply. Because I'm thinking, my God, if that was a human body, it would have went through tenable. Yeah. But it, I mean, just mm -hmm. it would have it would have cut through like a laser beam. And that it, must it, must be some very heavy uh, artillery or rockets and stuff. Because I've been on the receiving end many times of 60 millimeter and uh, I've seen the shrapnel pattern of that yeah. and it's pretty devastating. I mean, I've seen, I've actually unfortunately seen people that were on the receiving end were too close and got shredded. I can't imagine some of these big artillery pieces and, uh, and, and a, and a missile coming in. Ugh. It it's, it's huge. I mean, you see big, uh, holes in the wall, the size of pool table balls, right? Billiard balls. Mm like a shotgun all over the side of a library when I was in Donetsk, one of the buildings. Wow. And the librarian came out and told me what happened. And I'm looking, going, videotaping the whole thing, going, holy shit. And uh, yeah, you got big holes in the in the ground and stuff like that. But, you know, then you go and you see the shrapnel itself. And uh, I mean, the shrapnel of these weapons, he, they, they the, the pieces of metal uh, were extraordinarily jagged and sharp. I mean, you just touch it with your finger and you're near drawn blood. Yes. Yeah. Stuff uh. is, it's like obsidian. It's, it's super, super sharp and jagged and just huh. wicked looking. Designed to be that way, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. God. Yeah. Jeez. And, and you're using it on civilians. You're mm -hmm. using it on men and women and children and old people. It's the, yeah, it's not the combat zone you're, the guys are fighting. So they've been doing this for a long time, for over 10 years, the Donbass yeah. area. And that's why Russia came in that's right. uh, to begin with. And yeah. so I guess, you know, they're, they're pushing a lie They're They're basically letting the, the Ukrainians uh, expend everything that the West has given them. And now I see they're starting to take a lot of territory, uh, a yeah. lot of yeah. territory. Yeah. Russia's, I believe Russia is going to push all the way to the Polish border. They're, they're I think so too. They're, they're, they're not going to do it in a blitzkrieg fashion, but they're going to do it in a slow steamroller fashion. Right. They're, grind them up. They are, they're going to take Kharkov. They're going to take Odessa. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to have, uh, you know, volunteer, uh, holding positions behind them. So no one of any Ukrainian Nazi disposition is ever going to move back or have any, uh, a, a place in, in all the places that Russia takes. So they're going to push all the way through. Uh, I think they're going to use the winter months to maximize it. Here's the other thing that they do. The Russians take out the electrical uh, heating systems of some of these areas, but Mike, they don't blow up the whole freaking factory. The Russians take out just one segment of the mechanism so it can be replaced. Mm -hmm. So they take it out. Uh, they're like, you know, I, I can't remember the terminology or transponder or something like that. Right. The Russians will be precise of the part of the mechanism that they take out so they can move in and put it back in and get everybody warm again. Right. Uh, mm. That's the difference. They yeah. don't blow up the whole factory so that the whole town freezes to death. 
they they take out one part. So the bad guys freeze and they move on. They move back to Ukraine or a different position. And the Russians come in. They fix the, the machine. They turn the lights back on, the heating back on, and everybody's okay and safe. Mm-hmm. And then they do it to the next area. And then I, that's how the Russians are progressively moving. I was horrified to learn how the Ukrainians using NATO, American, British uh, supervision and targeting had uh, targeted some towns and, and regions so badly and so mercilessly that all the old people were forced into the basements of these areas. And you may know some of this already. And so many of these old people died of hypothermia oh. because it's mm-hmm. Russia. It's cold. This yeah. was back a couple of years ago. And uh, these old people that are in, they're still in their one bedroom apartments. The windows are all shattered. Uh, and when we went and visited a couple of them, uh, and I, I mean, I, some, some really hot super killer female warriors with me too, that were like battalion commanders. One code name was squirrel. She was, a uh, you know, supermodel blonde, but she could fight and kill. And I mean, she was, she was feminine, but I mean, she was like Laura Croft, right? Tomb Raider. Nice. So we're we're going around and and we're touring some of these places that they had all come and they were given old people supplies we, mm. one place where she knew the old lady and i'll tell you you open up the door and the smell of cat piss almost knocked me on my ass because this is what they live with they can't get out because they're bombed all the time so they you know they their whole places are 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 it reminds, they go outside, they might get blown up, so they like yeah. being inside and they don't have a toilet facilities or yeah. They don't. They don't. They don't. Oh and my God. you know, there you got little children. You know, when I was on the streets in Donetsk, I'm looking and, and you see these little four, five, six year old boys and girls holding the hand of their mothers and uh their grandmothers. I'm thinking, my God, uh how many of those little kids have in the past been killed and blown up by you know, HIMARS and missiles just coming in, mm. shooting up the, the 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 civilian town. And Lindsey Graham and Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer and these other sodomite demoniacs are up there lying to the American people saying it's about democracy. We've got to help Ukraine and fight them over there so we don't fight them here. All that is bullshit. I was saying that on Russian television. No American believes that. No American mm. wants this. No American trusts or like Lindsey Graham or Mitch McConnell or Adam Schiff. No one agrees with them at all. The American people do not want to fund Zelensky. In fact, they overthrew their Congress to stop all this. Now, whether Johnson, this, the, 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 the House Speaker, whether that little effeminate faggot gets his ass in gear and does the right thing is another question. Right. I don't like the way he looks. I don't like the way he talks. I don't like he, uh, the other day I saw him and he's up there saying, well, we still back Ukraine. I thought, you dumb asshole. I know. You, you got to be kidding me. About. You're not even any better. <laughs> no. No. Jesus. This Ukraine subject is something we have been going down the wrong road, and the only answer is 180 degrees about. That's what real yep. men would do. When you are in, when you make a mistake and you realize we are going down the wrong turn, you don't slightly curve and turn. You stop and turn around and go the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. And that's the only that's the only option we have. If the Republicans don't do it, I think they're all going to lose their ass in the next election. In fact, I don't think we're going to have another one. Uh, there's no way. There's no way. I mean, the Democrats look like they're going to make sure that that doesn't happen anyway because they're start, starting to cancel out Trump, 
Trump, but he just got canceled out in uh, Colorado. Yeah. And now California is exploring it. Yeah, you, you really think you're going to be able to do that, California, Colorado? You really think people are going to tolerate that and go along with it? I mean, I, I as much as I don't want a civil war, I don't want, uh, uh, you know, violent uh, uh, expulsions of, of uh, federal authorities and such like that, boy, I, I find it harder and harder day by day to imagine it not happening because it's not the conservatives are trying are looking for an excuse to fight it's the democrats and these and these uh lunatics right are incapable of any reason they're incapable the trump derangement syndrome has has gone their 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 apoplectic uh fever with with uh rage yeah so, you know so I, he, I, he hasn't even been convicted of j6 but yet they're like holding him accountable for that in yeah. Colorado, and now they want to do it in California. So they're already starting to investigate whether they. I knew it would happen. Uh, it's it's a domino. So all the Democrat states are going to like you know uh, take them off the ballot. They've been exploring it already. Well, I'll tell you this. Here's the thing that you'll you'll you will see whether we have justice in this country or not, whether we have functional courts or not. And I'm not inclined right. to think we do, but no. you will see it. Here's the litmus test. You're right. Donald Trump has not been tried by a jury of his peers who have found him guilty of the charge of insurrection. And until he is found guilty by a jury of his peers of the charge of insurrection, no judge, no prosecutor, no one can make that accusation or charge or claim against him. Right. He has to be charged and prosecuted and a jury of his peers have to vote unanimously guilty of of sedition insurrection that hasn't happened so there's no way they can put that charge upon him uh for all sorts of reasons right mm -hmm. the biggest one being he's president of the united states he's talking in front of the white house he's giving a presentation on january 6th and i would argue he's giving a presentation with the uh advice and information that we provided when we were back there in november 2020 for two weeks uh, he he got all that intel, and that was, hey, the AFL-CIO and various other parties are planning on major disruption operations. We need to call them domestic terrorists. I remember saying that when I was giving a briefing to Pat Byrne and Joe Flynn and Sidney Powell. They need to be called domestic terrorists. And wouldn't you know, those bastards used, used that very term and applied it to the January 6th people that they roped and that they— they got into this uh, uh, fake insurrection thing, and Ukrainians were present there too. Uh, but so that, you, 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 I, and Petra Berge and Lynn Wood and many others have basically calling out uh, General Flynn, uh, basically being involved in some of this. Uh, the Capitol Police, the head of the Capitol Police, said that he was stonewalled for seventy-one minutes, and then eventually they authorized him to get. Uh, National Guard support, but they had to get it approved through the Department of Defense. So he calls the Department of Defense, and they they put him on hold, and they finally get back to him 38 minutes later. So we're like just ridiculous amounts of time. Uh, and he says he was talking to a general uh, that was informing him that it was bad optics for them to send the National Guard, and he said that General Flynn was there too. Now I'm I'm kind of questioning how a retired general is in the Pentagon influencing a general in the Pentagon to make decisions of national defense. It's like what? 
So uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I just know when I was back there in November 2020 with Millie Weaver and Gavin and uh, Stephen Pigeon, my constitutional attorney friend, who's a brilliant guy, and, and uh, Bergie and I were, were the only Army uh, PSYOP intel guys, uh, you know, I had come with very concrete documentation from the AFL-CIO, from top-level people in the organization that had smuggled it out, and I gave I gave a presentation on this uh, to Byrne and to Flynn, uh, his brother, and uh, I said, look, here's, here's the documents that are laying out what the AFL-CIO is going to be doing between September and February of the elections. That's how long it had been. They had... They had mapped out every detail of what they were going to do every week, every week. I mean, this document was a PowerPoint presentation that was like 25 pages uh, thick. And they laid out every week what would happen, how we'll fight, what happens if Trump's elected, what happens if he's not, what happens if there's this, what happens if there's that. And they were planning on dis disruptive operations that, then dovetailed with what Millie and uh, Gavin and others had acquired, which was inside participant calls with a senior executive service. Millie uh, uh, Weaver had inside people that were uh, recording uh, Zoom calls with government employees, federal government employees that were on Zoom calls that were senior executive service at the Department of justice at homeland security at other agencies and some of them had blue hair and nose rings and lesbian gay this and all the you know typical pieces of shit liberal democrats right but they're all well we're gonna block the streets we're gonna do this we're gonna do that they had mapped out a domestic insurrection they had mapped out and were planning and conspiring to engage in domestic insurrection to obstruct the election of Donald Trump by all means necessary. Mm. So they were actively working to to disrupt uh, Donald Trump's election and stop it. They were uh, planning on January sixth, way back. I mean, it, it was it was all planned in the in the in the operational uh, documents. I wasn't there on January sixth, so I, I I didn't see it firsthand. Other people were that I that I know. Um, all I can say is anyone. Anyone that was there, whether it was Flynn or others at the Pentagon or elsewhere, uh, have a lot to answer for. I, I remember I had asked, where was our documents with regards to getting it to Trump? And, uh, you know, all of this stuff. We, pre we prepared executive orders for Trump to sign before he left office, which would be, uh, uh, in fact, we didn't, we didn't plan on him leaving office. We thought he is going to win. We thought, okay, at the very least, he's going to declare uh, that the, the votes are suspicious because of fraud and all these other things. Uh, we, we expected fully that you are going to have the House of Representatives vote, one state, one vote. That's what we fully anticipated. I was talking with Tony Schaefer about this, you know, who I don't particularly like for a variety of reasons, but, you know, we were all on the same, the same hotels, right? We were moving around to different hotels in Virginia and Washington, and Tony Schaefer and other people were there, high-level people. Attorney Generals of uh, uh, Oklahoma, Klein was there. He was running a team. There were multiple teams. Ruling wow. was there uh, doing his team at Trump Tower. Um, but I remember we were all on the same idea that 
that uh, you're going to, this is going to end up with the Congress all voting one state, one vote for, for Trump, and he would win. We never thought Pence would stab him in the back. We never right. thought that that was going to go the way. We never thought, I mean, actually, I, I, I did because I warned of it when I said, hey, these domestic terrorists are doing insurrection operations. They're planning on getting violent. And that was what January 6th was. We warned Trump and, and Byrne and Flynn and Powell. We warned them all. This is going to be, we don't know how it's going to happen. We don't know what they're going to, but they're going to do domestic terrorist operations. And you need to get ahead of it. Trump could have uh, said, no, I'm not, I'm not asking permission from Nancy Pelosi or the mayor of Washington. This is the federal district of the United States of America, and I'm commander in chief. And I am sending my military, my Marine Corps, my special operations people out there to take control of this, to make sure nothing happens. Because let's just say it, Mike, uh, January 6th could have been a really serious insurrection. You could have had not right-wing conservatives doing bad shit, but a lunatic leftist Antifa, you know, going with saws and guns and grenades. They really could have gotten ugly fast and, and yeah. killed a bunch of people. Uh, that's why Trump should have stepped in and stopped all that. Why he didn't, you know, I don't know. I, I think they all mishandled everything. And I'll, I'll, I'll put it this way. Uh, everything that's happened since Trump left office, and there's people who said, well, you know, he, he, they didn't want a civil war, so he kind of left and, uh, you know, he's let the whole train wreck, uh, you know, occur. Look at what's happened to the country since he's left. The border's been destroyed. We've been invaded. Our currency's been destroyed. We've we've now created a war in Gaza where the entire Middle East is going to be attacking the United States around Yemen and uh, Ukraine. Uh, how much money have we wasted there? And now we've got uh, a, a conflict with Russia and bad blood like we've never had before. All of this happened since Trump left office. And you don't get a chance to say, hey, you know, I'll come back and fix everything. It, this should never have gone this way in the first place. This all should have been uh, handled, I think, in a different way because the country has has suffered as a result. I, I I don't know if we can if we can survive this without a revolution. I, I really don't. So I I did an interview with I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Mike Gill. Mike Gill, uh, New Hampshire. Uh, has been exposing a lot of uh, corruption. He says that uh, in New Hampshire is basically uh, the American version of like the Mexican cartels. And that's where the money laundering is and all that kind of stuff and Sununu and blah, blah, blah. So he says he has what's called the Pandora Papers or what's been referred to as Pandora Box. And it's supposed to have tons and tons of information about, you know, corruption, you know, all the way through government. Uh, corporations, who's who's money laundering, who's paying off, all kinds of crazy stuff. And he gave it to Mike Flynn to give to Trump, and Mike Flynn kept it and never gave it to Trump because Trump had gotten that. He says he never would have been taken out of office. So now Trump seems to have that information. Somehow I got to him, uh, and he says that if Trump doesn't reveal that information now, that he will be out of office within a couple weeks. So what what are your what are your thoughts about that? Because uh, it looks like it's moving that direction. Unfortunately, uh, he well, he has no other recourse. He won't be able to run. A Trump won't be able to run. 
Yeah, unless he unless there's some kind of uh, which should have happened back on January sixth, probably he should have just came in and said the this is this is bullshit. Enough is enough, and we're going to basically take charge here. Well, you know th- what I thought all along, and and others thought this too. Bergie and 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 those of us who were back on the ground, we were we were saying, okay, the analytics are there. It's obvious a fraud. There's obvious computer manipulation going on. This is not reflective of the actual uh, vote of the American people. That's why you had tens of thousands of people coming to Washington D.C. on January sixth. They knew over over was- a million. I was there. There was way over a million people there. Yeah. They knew there was not a chance in hell that that piece of shit, Joe Biden, zombie, child molesting, uh, corrupt son of a bitch, won the vote, won the American people, won the election. Everybody knew that was a physical impossibility. It was a statistical impossibility. And they weren't paying attention to the fit Brett Bear or, or uh, uh, you know, Shannon Bream or all these other Fox News traitors. Mm. That were up there, you know, giving mousy little, well, I guess Joe Biden won. No, every American knew Donald Trump won the election and they showed up to back it up. They showed up to say, we know he's the president and we are prepared to back him. Honestly, I, I thought Trump was going to say, I am the, I'm the president of the United States and I am not leaving. I'm declaring uh, uh, military, uh, not martial law, but uh, military. And I'm going to invoke the military because this is a national threat to the United States. Michigan, uh, uh, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Arizona. I'm sending special operations people to grab these voting machines and audit them and examine them and do a forensic analysis using my NSA people, CIA people, whoever. We honestly thought he had a whole team that was that was. Uh, you know, a bunch of auditors and and clock masters that were going to be able to take apart the clock and look at every dial and every piece of technology and come up with the evidence that oh no, here's here's the the proof of the fraud. I personally brought the Chinese Communist Party relationship with Union Bank of Switzerland since 2009 into 2020, based on my contacts in Asia and Hong Kong, based on my experience with UBS and and the Clinton Foundation. I had presented that in addition to the AFL-CIO. I said, here's the Chinese Communist Party working with Union Bank of Switzerland to influence UB, uh, uh, ESNS, Dominion, and Premier Voting Machines. That on its own demands Gosar and the rest of these guys uh, in Congress and the president uh, use this, use Bennett's report to to serve as the crowbar and open this can of worms. Let's look into it. UBS, Chinese Communist Party, uh, where's the, the 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 fingerprints? Where what what? How have you been working together? Is it true that UBS and the Chinese Communist Party have been uh, uh, creating a deal using Staple Street Capital that has evolved from 2009 until 2020? That tells me a foreign interference event has occurred. So we gave all that to Trump. We gave it to Byrne. We gave it to Joe Flynn. We gave it to Sidney Powell. We gave it to uh, an ambassador, Paolo, who knew Melania. He was the one who introduced Melania to, to uh, Trump. Paolo's wife was another Brazilian supermodel. He was a wealthy guy. We said, you need to get this information to Trump. So uh, we did our due diligence to get it to him. How it, where, where it went, uh, Mike, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know how they handled it, what they did. I talked to Gosar's people. 
And I said, here's here's what I have. I'll send it to you. And if you have anything you want me to testify, I'll be there. No problem. But nothing was done. Nothing, nothing happened the way it should have happened. And that's, you know, that's grotesque incompetence or treason because you're undermining the president of the United States. You're undermining the American people. You're you're overthrowing a president. And as a result, look at the train wreck we're, we're living in. So, you know, I don't know about what Gill's talking about. I would say everybody has to testify, uh, open their, open their, you know, their, their uh, uh, briefcases and show everything that they have. Where were they? What they did? I, I mean, sunshine's the best medicine. So I, I think we need to expose all of these people and, uh, you know, let the, let the truth will out. It would be because the country itself, I don't think we've ever been so close to look at the invasion across the southern border. That's an invasion. It's not a bunch of immigrants coming to work in hotels. That is an invasion where these guys are going to be coming in. And look at what Dick Durbin's saying, which we've always suspected. We're just going to bring in all these Mexicans and Haitians and make them a U.S. citizen. And then we're going to put them in the military. Oh, then maybe we'll send them to Ukraine or Gaza or, hey, here's a better idea. We'll just send them to Florida and and uh, Idaho and Texas and tell them uh, martial law and uh, uh, white people are domestic terrorists. So uh, go after and knock on their doors mm. and uh, uh, treat it like 1984 uh, because uh, they're going to set off false flags in the United States and blame it on Trump supporters. That's what's coming, I, I fear, is they're going to initiate false flags and they're bringing all these military-aged immigrants in, thinking that they can turn them into uh, you know, military uniform people, like they're already saying, oh, we're bringing in, we're hiring illegal immigrants to be policemen? No, you can't hire an illegal alien to be a policeman of the United States because they can't swear an oath to the Constitution. They can't carry a gun. Uh, and act as a policeman. And if they try, now you're on real dangerous ground. And and again, maybe that, that's what they they're they're trying to do. They're trying to trigger, uh, you know, major uprisings in the country. Yeah. So I mean, when the uh, the basically Democrats came into power or whatever that is, whatever that group is, uh, they basically started the the vaccination program, the bad vaccination program. Uh, which has killed a lot of Americans and disabled millions. And uh, and then now they're pushing us into wars all around the world. If they can't get us a, a war with Russia, hey, let's let's start uh, let's start a war with the Middle East. Or let's let's start flying over uh, um, Taiwan and 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 poke the Chinese and see if we can get a war with them. So that's that's going on now. So they trying to kill us with the vaccina- or vaccination program. Uh, they stole the election. Now they stole the election at 20 and 22, and now they're pushing it to another level again and not even going to allow Trump to come in and vote. Yeah. And they're trying to push all these wars. So yeah. why would Trump step away and allow all of this to ha- transpire? Is it like some kind of evil like wake-up call for everybody it's like that doesn't make sense to me hello this is michael jaco if you want to learn more on how to unleash your own intuition go to michaelkjaco.com unleashingintuition.com 
where you can find my courses on how to become the master of your own reality. Well, you know, we don't follow any man and we don't depend on any man. We have ourselves, we're self-reliant. We've sworn an oath to the Constitution, not to the government, not to the Congress, not to the president, but to the Constitution of the United States that guarantees our rights and our property and our family and our security and the right to keep and bear arms is essential to that and our right to speech. And that's inviolable. We don't waive that for anyone. And anyone, anyone that tries to come in and take it is going to be dead. It's going to be a dead man on the ground or dead woman. I don't care. But no one is going to come in and turn uh, uh, our country into a 1984. No one's going to come and take our rights. And that's that's what veterans are all about. That's what serious patriots are all about. But usually mm-hmm. veterans are a little bit different because we we've got skin in the game. Right. Uh, this this metamorphosis, this transition, this paradigm shift that the Democrats are doing. I've said it before. You and I have talked about this. I predict they're going to kill Joe Biden. They're going to put in Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom is going to set off false flag attacks in the United States. Uh, blame it on Trump supporters and thinking that they can engage in a martial law lockdown like they did in COVID-19. They may even say, oh, there's a chemical biological attack. The the Trump supporting uh, right wing conservatives have let let out a big vial of monkeypox or something like that or COVID-20 or 24. Who knows what? So we, now we have to lock everyone down again, just like we did in 2020. No, that's not going to work. We're not going that way. But the Democrats, I think, think that they can get away with it. And uh, they 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 honestly are, are on a trajectory and a course for violence and chaos and and uh, war and and uh, uh, you know insurrect internal domestic insurrection is what they want to achieve so they can have perpetual claims to power. It's like Zelensky. There will be no presidential elections because we're in martial law and. Right. Uh, you know, that's what the Democrats want to do to America. And I don't think they understand that there are some Americans that will just ignore all of it. Say, we don't care what you do. We're not recognizing you as having any authority anyway. It's like I've said from the beginning, Joe Biden is not the president of the United States. And every county of every state needs to, if it has, if it's worth its salt, is going, would say, Joe Biden is not the president of the United States based on the statistical evidence, the voting material, everything that we have. We're submitting it. He is not. He has no presidential power, uh, and filing actions in court challenging any claims to to presidential power. Um, that that may be, you know, what people need to do as uh, this approaches in the future. What Trump does will determine who he is. Is he going to stand his ground? Is he going to be a Jefferson Davis? Is he going to be no? I'm the president of the United States, and I'm not backing down. We are at a crossroads for the life of our country. And I will die fighting uh, before I surrender. And I call every American and every county of every state to stand with me uh, and uh, secure your state. If he does that, he's he's uh, worthy of being called the president and an American. If he bows down and says, well, I just can't win. I'm giving up uh, and I'm going to hand it to Ron DeSantis. Uh, well now, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure if that's going to fly. I don't, I don't, I, 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 I think it's going to be Nikki Haley. She's risen to the top now. And, uh, uh Governor Sununu basically too. said, I, I, I vote for her. And that's where the, the money laundering is coming through from New Hampshire. Sununu backed her. So I think that's probably going to be the one. 
and Nikki Haley's all about wars. Absolutely. Russia. They want that. Ukraine, wars against Iran. Yep. See, the thing is, Mike, we will we will get our asses kicked like we've never had it kicked before because of the COVID-19 yep. vaccination that has decimated the military, because of the lesbian, gay, homosexuality that has demoralized the military, because of the superior technology which the Russians and the Iranians have and the Chinese have, uh, all things being equal, everybody is nukes nowadays, which means, okay, we're, we're nukes aren't even on the table now because everybody has them. So what is on the table? Well, tanks and planes and, uh, oh, F-35s. Yeah, what about nuclear-powered torpedoes? Who has those? Russia. Hmm. No, America? No, America doesn't have it. Oh, okay, so now our naval fleet will be sunk in the Red Sea, in the Persian Gulf, in the Mediterranean by nuclear-powered torpedoes. And then hypersonic uh, Kinshaw missiles. Who has those? Russia. Russia. And, and they're unstoppable. We can't stop them. So it's, it's hello. You, so, uh, I, you know, that's, a, that's another thing I want to ask you. This, the drone wars and all that kind of stuff, trench warfare again, uh, like, you know, World War I. Because if you come out the open, you're going to get blown up by drones. Uh, so it's, yeah. it's crazy Every, technology. Yeah. And I just saw where Russia can actually um, re-energize through like a Bluetooth method other drones now. And they just patented that. So Russia is way ahead of the, uh, you know, the all, all the high tech stuff. Yeah. They're, they're crushing us. I went to a drone school where the Russians oh, wow. train, train their guys. They, nice. they go through 40 hours of, of training mm -hmm. like drones. I mean, these guys make these drones behave like peregrine falcons. I mean, they're masters of it. Wow. And uh, the drone uh, capabilities are, I mean, astounding. The fast, yeah. they're, they're easily put together. And I'll tell you, Mike, the thing I kept coming back to, I thought, man, these guys are tough because they're out there in the bitter cold snow and wind and mud and hail. And they're they're not flinching. They're, they're in... This, this is Russia's... They, they crush everybody. They crush Napoleon. They crush the Germans in the cold. They are masters of the cold. And now we're moving to the cold season. Those little Ukrainians are freezing in their foxholes in those trenches. They're going to get, they're getting steamrolled over. They are. They're going to get, no one can hold the, the, the Russians when it comes to cold. And, and they're not, you know, they're, they're defensive, but now they're going to go on the slow steamroll uh, push forward. The other thing is, the Ukrainian drones that Elon Musk has been empowering uh, with Starlink, you know, that's a lie that Elon Musk has tried to sell to the American people that Starlink is not provided to, uh, you know, weaponized drones against Russians. The Russians really? telling me, no, Starlink, yes, yeah, and they're showing me the parts of the technology. Starlink is being provided to the Ukrainian drones that are enabling them to kill Russians. So well, that's Musk a huge reveal. Liar, or he has been deceived himself. But yeah. Starlink is active in the Ukrainian drones. And this whole thing is turning into a drone war. Everything. Yeah. There are drones all over the place. And you're right. A prophetic implication is drones are going to be coming over the United And these things drop like six uh, you know, little missile grenades. These big drones can be the size of, uh, you know, a cardboard box, like, you know, two and a half feet by two and a half feet. Mm -hmm. And they'll drop six uh, grenade bombs 
and they're hovering at like uh, a thousand feet. I mean, they're they're really high. You can't see them. They're quiet, but boy, they can spot you on the ground, and they just hover with laser precision, and then just drop the bomb and oh. boom, and it kills everybody. So in the there's world. there's this one guy that I follow. Uh, I follow a lot of people, obviously, on this. I, I research this every day for hours, uh, the war situation there. Um, we'll, we'll talk about Gaza in a second for briefly, but um, I, this one guy's like he has one drone operator. So you're talking about 40 new ones, but there's a lot more out there already. Yeah. One drone operator, uh, and he's, he, he's basically, you know, okay, today I killed this many, I wounded this many. Over the last, I think, uh, you know, 40, 50 days or something like that, he's killed or wounded way over 200. One. Yeah. Taking over 200 out of out of operation, Ukrainian. Yeah. So imagine all those hundreds of drone operators out there. Yeah. And they get better with every mission. Sure, him, sure. They're get, they get better and better and better. I mean, these, And the technology these, gets better and better yeah. and better. Infrared, you know, night yeah. vision, and all kind of crazy stuff are yeah. coming to their drones now. Yeah. It's 24 hours a day nonstop yeah. on the Ukrainians now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Ukrainians ha don't have uh, any hope. They have absolutely no hope. And the it's a slaughter because Russians aren't going after them looking to kill them. The Ukrainians are stupidly being thrust into the fight by Zelensky. And I've, I've said on live Russian TV, uh, Ukraine, and I said this to POWs, Ukrainians need to rise up and overthrow Zelensky. Ukrainian military need to rise. Well, he would have to actually be there for them to do that. So he spent most of his time this year outside of uh, Ukraine. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah. CIA's yeah. kept him out so yeah. that he's not overthrown. Yeah. Are killed by Russian strikes. Yeah. Here's, here's here's what I predict that no one else no one else wants to believe, but I'll put my money on this number, you know, and I think I'll I'll cash in. I think they're gonna choose a female parliamentary uh, member of Congress of the parliament in Ukraine. They're gonna take a female and they're either gonna kill Zelensky and Zeluzhny or they're just gonna disappear and they're gonna put a female up to say, peace, peace. Now we're all Slavics. We're all Ukrainians and Russians. Let's have peace. They're going to put a female up there to try and stop. Remember the scene from the uh, in the 1990s when the little Chinese guy stood in front of the tank in Tiananmen Square? Right. They're going to try and put a female up to stand in the front of the Russian tank to say, let's have a peace to do a stalemate, 38th parallel, freeze the conflict. I predict because a woman's easy to do. It's easy to have a woman, you know, up there and, and playing this uh, pity, all oh, poor pity on the Ukrainians. Let's have peace. Don't invade Kiev. You know, let, let's now they're 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 going to try and pull that. But Russia's not going to, uh, you know, back down. They're not going to stop. They've 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 recognized the hand of the West and they're going to push through and burn it all out because they they can't. They can't not do it. Otherwise, this festering Minsk agreement cancer would grow back. Well, remember, uh, I was I had to look her up real quick. Beautiful woman, Yula Timoshenko. Yeah, she, uh, she a little braid. She looked right. Like a so braid. somebody like that, you know. But she was she was very effective, I thought, and uh, yeah. A, yeah. a very powerful. And I think that she was pushed out by the Nazis. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, I think, you know, you're right. They they were because uh, the Orange Revolution, of course, yep. uh, the, his wife was CIA. Uh, remember, the CIA have been cultivating Ukraine with cults, yeah. doing all sorts of stuff for 30, 40 years. John McCain, CIA. I, yeah. I've, I've seen him working with the CIA. I yeah. saw him coming to Pakistan when I was there. Yeah. And I was CIA security, so I, I, I had security for him while he came to when he came to Pakistan and then flew over to Syria, and then he got those pictures of him with Al Baghdadi, and that was yeah. the same. That was the same mission that I protected him. And I looked. At, I remember looking at him and saying, "This guy is evil to gore." I always thought it was a great guy, but then I looked at him. I'm like, "That boy is bad to the bone." Yeah, yeah. And and they had they had on RT a similar a mission about three four months ago. And the same guys that appeared by McCain appeared again in Syria. So wow. EIA guys are still there in Syria. Yeah. The, I recognize their face. I wrote RT and said, here's a photo. This guy was the one who was back with McCain. He's still there. Uh, so, yeah. They, they would have taken down Syria if, if it wasn't for the Russians. So the Russians, right. are, the Russians have saved Africa. The Russians have saved Syria. I mean- yeah. We, we're going to look back on Russia and go at some point and say, thank you for stopping the CIA military industrial complex of the United States. Yeah. Thank you. We're sorry that we were involved in that. Well, so, uh, you know, it's, yeah. that's right, Mike. That's right. And you know what? We're, we're apologizing for psychopaths in our own government. We're apologizing. Absolutely. It's, it's very frustrating. We're apologizing for necrophiliac cannibals who are called George Bush and Dick Cheney and Don mm -hmm. Rumsfeld and Condoleezza Rice and Nikki Haley and all these other pieces of shit and Lindsey Graham and all the rest of them. We're apologizing for these psychopaths who have uh, fraudulently been inserted into government positions of power, who've led our country down the war path of destruction. And uh, I, I think it's going to end. Of course, I think all of all of this is going to end in the next uh, year or two, and in, in a bloody way. If if not peacefully, then America is going to uh, go into complete. They're, they're, they're not going to go peacefully. We're we're we've been trying to like do use the judicial side. Yeah. The judicial side's corrupt. We just saw this in yeah. in Colorado. Yeah, it has to be yeah. taken out. Yeah, and yeah. I don't see any other way. The no. judicial system around the United States is yeah. completely corrupt, and they're holding us from letting these people run our country. And we don't agree with their what they're doing. And, and we're you and I, you know, military veterans are, are apologizing. This is this yeah. is I don't like this. This is yeah. not good. I'm very frustrated with this. It's yeah. got to end. It better end next year. Yeah. No. Some way, right. somehow, it will. Yeah. It it will, and that's what I was con I, I was conveying to the Russian uh, audiences and the television when I was on their live TV, and they were saying, "Scott, why is America doing it?" <laughs> and I said, "The American people aren't behind this. It is these pieces of garbage psychopaths, Joe Biden and Obama and the rest of these fools. The American people do not support this. They don't want to back Zelensky. They do not want their money going to this." But we are in our own civil war. We are in our own perestroika. And the Russians are listening, and I'm I'm speaking pretty adamantly. And that's exactly what you and I are talking about here, Mike. We are in a perestroika moment. 
we're not going to go the way of lesbian, gay, uh, transgender instruction in our kindergarten schools. We're not going to tolerate it. And anybody that tries to do that is going to be hung from a lamp pole or worse. That's how this inevitably will end, because right. they're not going to be able to engage in pedophilia against people's children. Mm -hmm. uh, you're, you're going, it's going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back. You're not going to be forcing people to eat bugs. That's another straw breaking the camel's back. You're not going to force people to live in 15-minute cities. You're not going to have police or, or people with guns enforcing uh, the, the enslavement of the American citizen. That's when the government becomes tyrannical and the Constitution says and the Declaration of Independence says, when the government becomes destructive of your rights, it is the right and the duty of the people to overthrow such government and reconstitute one which seems fitting unto them. That's where we're at. It doesn't say politely petition. It says overthrow. So yeah. we're at that point. And, uh, uh, you know, it's it's only going to gain momentum because the left are, are, are so delusional. They're maniacal. These assholes like, uh, 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 what's his name? James Carville wearing his pink Marine sweatshirt. I saw a video of him on there and Bill Mars and all of these scumbag pieces of shit who are up there trying to paint American white Anglo-Saxon traditional family values, Catholics, Protestants, or religious people in general as enemies, as domestic terrorists. Boy, you're picking a fight with someone that will not back down, retreat, or surrender, or lose. You're you're picking a fight with the people that or uh, lose. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's what I would say to the Russians right now. You guys went through kicking their asses out of Soviet the Soviet Union that control system out of your you know out of Russia. Now Russia's back. We're going to do that too. We're going to kick these these idiots out of our country and yeah. annihilate them. And they'll never, we'll annihilate them to the point and we'll hunt them down. I don't care how long it takes, but we're going to hunt them down all around the world. They're going to go to New Zealand and hide in their little, little, little spot, you know, underground bunkers or whatever they build over there or yeah. Hawaii, you know, all, wherever they're going, we're going to like hunt them down and they're going to wish they never did any of this. Yeah. See, and, and that's, that's another reason that I don't have any fear of Iran. People always say to me, aren't you, aren't you angry and afraid of Iran? They've got Hezbollah and Habas and all that. I said, oh, that's bullshit. I've been to Iran, and a lot of other American commentators have been too. Uh, Larry Summers, Michael Springman, Phil Giraldi, Mike Maloof, all, lots of other people, Kevin Barrett. We're all on Iranian television all the time doing news commentary and stuff. Mm -hmm. They know that these conservative men are traditional family values, decent uh, people. They're not the psychopaths in the Biden administration. So the Iranians uh, are, are not going to engage in, fall, in, in attacks upon the United States. They're not going to blow up buildings. They're not going to send terrorists into America. That is going to be Mossad, the Zionist Israeli operations. They're going to be uh, setting off bombs and trying to blame it on Iran. But I don't have fear from Iran doing anything to the United States like I don't have fear of Russia doing anything to the United States. I sense the Democrats and these other globalist types, Masonic types, doing uh, false flag attacks, blowing stuff up, blowing you know power grids or whatever it will be, to try and say, oh, Russia or Iran's done this, so now we all have to wear, go and enlist in the draft. 
Now we all have to go into the draft and wage war against Iran and Russia. And no one's going to show up, Mike. No one's going to no one's going to buy it. No one's going no one's going to it's going to be the Jefferson Davis moment. We're going to say no, we're out of this. We're we're not part of this union. We're not recognizing Biden or the federal government. Yep. We're going back to a 13 colony state. Now this thing that Israel's done in Gaza is Ritter and others have said this is going to destroy Israel. You're you're going to I think so, yeah. Israel mm. from all sides. And the people of Israel, the same way that we are, they're pissed. Uh, they got vac- they got the hell vaccinated out of them, and they're pissed at uh, Netanyahu, and he does not stand a chance. He's going to be like uh, Zelensky. At some yeah. point, he's going to get that nice noose. How right. many people? How many Israelis were killed by Apache helicopters on October seventh? More than Hamas. Yep. More than Hamas. Yeah. See, a lot of people don't realize that. Yeah. All of the cars on October seventh were burned to cinders, like 150 cars. That's not done by Hamas guys with AK-47s or, or you know, a shoulder missile here and there. 150 cars burned to a cinder. So there's there's no rubber, there's no glass. They're just gray shells of a of a steel frame. What burns a car like that? Uh, Apache helicopters and firing thousands and thousands of bombs. And, and uh, tanks, I mean, killing how many people in their own houses and stuff. They did this. They killed their own people, blamed it on Hamas. They've done this for, you know, uh, they, they tried to trigger another uh, 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 9-11, mm-hmm. thinking that the world was going to come to their side and they're going to get a free uh, license to bulldoze Gaza and uh, turn it into Israeli property. Yeah. And it's... It's not happened that way. Yeah, no, and you know, you you predicted uh, on the last time we had a show together, you predicted that the Israeli military would get their asses handed to them more than any at any other time in the history, and you are right. They're covering this up, but there was a paper that came out. This was weeks and weeks ago now, where they were talking about thirty eight hundred uh, Israeli soldiers who lost their lives. That is more than any other conflict they've ever had, and I think maybe even more than all of them put together. So they are getting slaughtered. I mean, they're it's they're probably and and how do they do this? Just like they did to their own citizens. If there's one Hamas fighter, they have oh they'll destroy everything and everyone in their way to get that one person, even their own people. Yeah, unbelievable. They're and they're dead. They're dead as a they're dead as a country. It's yeah. dead. And, and gone. what we what we haven't seen yet, Mike, is exactly what I saw in Russia. And that is people from every corner of the Islamic world descending into Gaza to fight for the Palestinian women and children under jihad, under promises of uh, going right to heaven. Right. Avoiding torments of the grave. I did all I did all this work when I was in State Department. I said, this is this is this is the linchpin, torments of the great, jihad, their justification. That same uh, methodology, that same promissory note of, uh, you know, uh, 72 virgins and nine prepubescent boys. That's going to motivate people from Indonesia, from Pakistan, from India, from Iraq, from not necessarily Iran, because they don't follow that script, but all of the Sunni Wahhabi countries, Turkey. They are all going to be given, and I guarantee you they're covering this up, they are all given these marching orders from their mosques, from their religious leaders, go to Gaza and fight 
and you will be a martyr if you're killed and you'll go right to heaven and get 72 virgins and nine prepubescent boys. Now you've got a full guerrilla war uh, fomentation that is that is going to be appearing. They won't cover it, but you you will have a, an encirclement of Israel like you, you've never had before. That's going to be the end of Israel is the encirclement uh, from every Muslim Arabic person uh, is, is Israel starts to come part of the, uh, the scenes. Remember, its soldiers are vaccinated, that homosexual, uh, you know, loose. They're not Rambos. They're not Michael Jacobs. They're not fine-tuned machines. They are slobbering, arrogant uh, dunces that are that are that have whipped up a hornet's nest and that are about to be, I, I think, completely imploded from all sides. Yemen, Turkey, uh, Hezbollah, Hamas, Iraq, uh, and if the U.S. goes in and starts picking fights, if the U.S. fights uh, Houthis. You're going to have Iran swat them. Then you're going to have Saudi Arabia. Now Saudi Arabia, here's the big thing, uh, Mike. Saudi Arabia can't do anything. Saudi Arabia now has to divorce itself entirely from the United States. Why? Because the United States is picking a fight with the Houthis, right? And Saudi Arabia is going, wait a minute. If I side with the United States and give the United States the ability to wage war on the Houthis, uh, which we're no longer fighting, but this whole October 7th has realigned the entire Islamic world against the genocide that Israel's doing. This isn't about January or October 7th anymore. This is about stopping Israelis' genocide of the Gaza people. So Saudi Arabia has gone, we, we can't get involved. We can't side with the United States or else every single Muslim is going to overthrow the Saudi regime and take Mecca and Medina and give it to Turkey or give it to Iran. So Saudi Arabia has essentially been nullified by the Houthis, uh, you know, going against uh, uh, the U.S. and the shipping lanes and all that. And if the U.S. sends uh, uh, missiles or, or uh, uh, ships or anything like that, they're going to get hit from all sides. And, and guess what? The Russians told me when I was over there, I said, Iran gets into a fight, you know, Russia is going to have to step in and, and, and save them because if Iran falls— Russia will fall, you know, that it's a domino effect. They will mm. use that to destabilize Russia. And, and the, the Russian guys told me, Scott, it is not in our cards to let Iran fall. Iran will not fall. So the Russians are not going to allow Iran to fall, which means... Just like they didn't allow Syria to fall, just like they didn't allow uh, all those governments in uh, uh, Africa to fall. That's right. It, they're not, they're going to stand with them which yeah. we should have done a long time ago instead of uh, murder them and try and take their oil and everything else. So we have, we have a long history of uh, doing stupid and it's got to come to an end. Well, the thing to watch too is Europe, how Europe is going to respond. Mm. And I think Europe is going to overthrow, and there, uh, other people are saying this now too, Europe is going to overthrow all of its current governments and re-incline itself towards Russia the Nord Stream 2 pipeline and all that stuff that was done by the U.S., by the British, mm -hmm. uh, Germany. I, I, I'll tell you, Schultz, I'm, I'm surprised Schultz hasn't been killed already and hung like Mussolini. I'm surprised that the Germans haven't got over their guilt trip bullshit that they've been brainwashed into thinking since after World War II 
Right. They're still afflicted with this self-flagellating self-hatred, right? Well, get over it. No one's blaming Germany for anything anymore. Get off your ass. They got, they got MK Ultra just like Americans have. That's right. We understand. So, yeah, get get over it. Let's let's work together and and get these Nazis around the world out of here. Yeah. And and that's what's going to be rising in and I think in these year in these European governments are men of character and strength saying we're done with all this. We want cheap natural gas in German economy so that we can live and prosper again. We don't want to be spending uh, seven, seven, you know, out of every $10 we earn, $7 going to heat our homes. That, we, we, we can't live like that. We're, we're, we're turned into slaves if we're like that. But that's what the United States is doing to us. So are we going to stay that way or are we going to shift back to Russia? Are we going to return to Russia like a prodigal son? And Russia will embrace uh, these European countries that that return to it. Russia doesn't have a a, a vindictive bone in them. They're 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 not about vengeance. They're playing the long game, and, and they will bring the European governments back into their fold. And you'll have the United States, Ukraine, Israel, and then Britain will abandon the United States. Britain's going to go. Oh no, we're 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 done. We're we're not going to do anything. So you're going to have the United States, Israel, and Ukraine on one side, and then three fourths of the Muslim—well, all the Muslim world against us. How does that feel to have the entire Muslim world against the United States? Yeah, it's not going to be good. I mean, we've seen the we've seen a bunch of this stuff already fall. We've seen, uh, you know, the king and queen are gone. Yeah. So uh, whoever's playing that role right now there's it doesn't matter so city of london how long is that gonna how long how much longer dc how much longer uh you know the vatican how much longer these these are basically uh defunct in my opinion and it's just a matter of time before somebody goes and they fall over so it is we're really close to that point but it has to be people have to rise up have to work together rise up and stop it out so judicial system take the judicial system down no, that's corrupt. Anyone that's corrupt, like all those people in Colorado, all those judges, yeah, all of them, you should be looked at, find the dirt on them, get them out, put somebody in that's going to do the right job, and just keep, repeat, 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 California, repeat. Get Newsom out, repeat, 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 all around the country. Otherwise, it's going to get ugly, and it probably will, but uh, it, yeah, it's going to happen. I agree with you, Mike. Sometimes, I, I mean, you and I know this from military training and attitude. Sometimes the only answer is, is a weapon and a bayonet and the resolve to use it in, in the way it needs to be used to kill enemies, domestic enemies. Yeah. We're facing domestic enemies and traitors who have corrupted and, and monetized government, who have weaponized government. I mean, FBI going in and, uh, you know, and I agree with uh, some of the comments others have made about, well, we don't want to be blowing up FBI buildings. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants to do that. Nobody's going to do that. However, when these agencies are weaponized against the American citizens, now you're 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 stepping on landmines and they are they are going to go off if if uh, Americans feel uh, pushed and bullied and, uh, you know, their lives threatened and their children threatened. So this weaponization is, is you, you could see uh, really uh, Americans rise up with a, with a military resolve to say, okay, uh, no more. We, we can't survive this. 
We can't survive Bill Gates. We can't survive Bill Klaus Schwab. We can't survive these Soros-funded district attorneys that that weaponize our government. They're they're. I I think we're moving in a direction where people are are, are going to be going back into a tribalized mentality. Yeah. I mean, it, the evidence is there. We we recognize who the enemy is. Yeah. Now it's just uh, starting next year. It's going to be justice. Justice is coming. I think it's. I I think conservatives are going to uh, be advancing along a trajectory with a like you and I. What would you and I do? We'd be very cool. We'd be very low key. We'd be very authoritative. We'd say this yeah. is the it is, and this is the way it's not, and this is the way it's going to go. And you have one choice: either you obey, you go in this direction, which is the direction of the Constitution. Or you will be taken out as a domestic enemy, and we don't have, we won't shed a tear, and we won't hesitate in our execution of the blow required to remove you as a domestic uh, uh, enemy. No, you yeah. won't be doing this to our children. You won't be doing. You won't be putting a needle in our arm. You won't be forcing a mask or a vaccination or anything like that. All of that is tyranny, and I, I think conservatives are going to advance on that trajectory with a slow, authoritative. Uh, um, confidence and power that the Democrats don't have. Democrats are defined by hysteria, effeminacy, madness, anger, volatility, fury, you know, self-flagellation, self-hatred, all of the, the, the sickness of perverts and molesters and insane people. And that's not what conservatives are. That's not what Christians are. That's not what traditionalists are. That's not what military guys are. We advance with a, a slow authority. And I, I think that's the way to, you know, slowly push through and advance all this. Uh, and it, you take control of your counties. We've been pushing the, the constitutional law enforcement on our website. People can go to globalfreedomtv.com. And uh, we've got on there the constitutional law enforcement, how people can exercise the right to citizens arrest, yep. how they can exercise their, their right to take control of their counties. Uh, and work with their sheriffs, organize posses and militias and all the rest of it legally, constitutionally, mm -hmm. but uh, create your own local control so no one outside of your locality can control you. Everything that is in your immediate surroundings of government, you control. Not the UN, not Biden, not the ATF or FBI or any, uh, you in your county, in your town, uh, and, and, uh, you know, that's, that's the future of this country is local control. That's beautiful. So globalfreedom.tv. Globalfreedomtv.com. And also okay. we have our destroy dash cancer. We always uh, tell people if you're suffering cancer, leukemia, breast cancer, skin cancer, go to the destroy hyphen cancer site.com, uh, and, uh, get, the Black Sabbath. In fact, I'll put this out like anyone that uh, goes to the destroy-cancer.com and uh, buys the Indian Black Sabbath, mention on your order, email it to us. You you saw it on Michael Jaco's program. We will make sure that Michael Jaco gets $10 from every order. We'll tell the distributor to make sure that Michael Jaco's program gets $10 for every order. That way you are being invested in uh, and we're supporting you too. Because oh, you know, we all need to support each other in this, and, and we want people to 
to get access to this to to if they have cancer or any sort of leukemia or any sort of tumors, this goes after it. I've I've used it for a skin cancer I had. It fell off my back within 15 days. Other people have used it. Guy I know in Texas used it for leukemia. The cancer started coming out of his body. So uh, get it and uh, tell us you got it on Michael Jaco's show. And we'll we'll uh, dedicate $10 from every order to Michael Jaco. And let me just oh, say, I want to do a shout out for Tara Jones in Georgia. Uh, Tara Jones, uh, great supporter and a gal that loves us. So we love her back. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, we love her too. She's she's amazing. So thanks a lot. <laughs> Tracy will be happy about that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. She's probably dancing in it. Let me see if she's dancing in the chat yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for that, Scott. Yep. Uh that's beautiful. All right, brother. That was uh that was an amazing reveal. Thanks for uh, you know, going over to Russia and bringing back that info. Uh nobody else has that kind of courage. I've been wanting to go to Russia too. I don't know. Maybe we can go together someday. So. That'll be a thought. Yeah, they they'd love to have us over there together. They they might learn something. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Let's plan it. Let's do it. I'll work on that. I'll work. All right. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, they are they are our friends, Mike. They are really our good friends, and they're mm-hmm. conservative, traditional people. And uh, I foresee America reuniting and having close friendship in a in a, a brotherhood with Russia. Uh, after all of these conflicts and uh, wars are extinguished. And I do see them extinguishing. I see us winning in the end. I, uh, we don't lose. We will never lose. We may die fighting, but then we go right to heaven. But we will never lose, surrender, or retreat. That's what the left doesn't understand. There are yep. those of us who will die fighting as happy warriors because we're fighting for our family or traditions or gods. What does it say? How can a man die better than facing fearful odds for the ashes of his fathers and the temples of his gods? Ah, So we're we're cut from that. Life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Our government has uh, gotten away from that, and we need to bring it back. So it's very simple, and they have gone way outside of their boundary. So we got to reel them back in and put them back in their place. Yeah, that's right. Blessed be the Lord my strength, who teacheth my hands to war and my fingers to fight. Ah, beautiful, beautiful. All right, Scott, thanks a lot. It's always an honor and a pleasure to have you on, and uh, thanks for all you're doing. Thanks, Mike. We'll see you again, brother. All right, brother, thanks. Thank you so much for listening to Unleashing Intuition Secrets, the podcast. Until next time, stay in the love vibration as you continue your journey to become the master of your reality. Your reality.